welcome into another edition of Home Run Throwback. I am Jimmy Morris, joined as always by John Glennon. John, how are you tonight? I'm well, Jimmy, and yourself? Doing good. Good to get back in the win column for the Titans. So we'll break all that down here in just a minute. Before we do that, remind you that this is a Broadway Sports Media podcast. BroadwaySportsMedia.com is the website. Check it out. A lot of cool stuff going on there. Um, full breakdowns of every game, full previews of, of the upcoming game, just so much good stuff that's there. You'll want to you'll want to see it. So go to BroadwaySportsMedia.com. You can sign up for a free account. Uh, it gives you a few days to, to look into things, and I, I think you'll be pleased with the content that we're putting out. So check that out. Also, this podcast, Home Run Throwback, uh, just search that out wherever you get your podcasts. You can subscribe to the feed. You get this show and the daily show that I do, Titans in 10, which is just kind of a quick recap of daily news uh, throughout the week. So you get both of those things if you if you subscribe to the one feed. So check that out. All right, so Titans win today 24-17 over the Bears. Uh, brought in Desmond King, and the third down defense is fixed. I mean, it, it was a miracle. So, um, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, obviously it's not that simple. But you see with the addition of King and then with the hopeful return of, of Adoree Jackson at some point this season, I guess, um, <laughs> you, you can start to see the makings of a competent secondary. And when you have that, then some of the issues that you have with the pass rush might not be as big of an issue. You can kind of you know make up for some of that stuff, so to speak. If you have, you know, one of the two things, whereas for the last few weeks, the Titans have had, they've had neither a pass rush nor, you know, coverage. So that, that has obviously presented a big problem for them. But the covers looked better today. And again, you know, as we talk, just kind of with the context of Nick Foles and the Bears offense, I mean, we, we all understand what that is. But overall, you saw a defensive unit that looked more in sync today looked more like they knew what they were doing, which is a little bit surprising considering how many new guys they had out there, um, you know, with Vic Beasley being released, with Clowney being down, with, you know, Desmond King coming in without ever ever actually practicing with the team. Um, so, I mean, from that standpoint, it was a pretty impressive performance from that unit, even when you consider Nick Foles and the Bears offense and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, uh, who would have, who would have guessed? You know, we saw defense as, as you say. Uh, you know, Breon Borders is a, is a starting corner. Uh, Desmond King in the lineup after after no practices. Uh, you know, we saw some other guys get get pulled up. You know, Wyatt Ray playing interspersed NFL game. Derek Roberson had played only five snaps all season uh, before today. Uh, uh, Pierre Tart, uh, another guy, you know, playing in his first NFL game. So yeah, there was a, a it was quite a uh, a week of flux for the Titans. I think, uh, especially on defense and, and especially on uh, special teams as well. But uh, bottom line, you know, the one big big problem that was just a recurring one for the Titans was that they'd been unable to get off the field on third downs. You know, it was sixty two percent. Uh, conversion rate for opponents on third downs going into today, which you know was the worst in the NFL, and if I'm recalling correctly, it was the worst for any team at this point in the season in like 20 years uh, or something along those lines. So it was what we saw today was a complete uh, turnaround on that front. You know, the Bears in the first half went 0 for 8 on third down attempts. I think they finished uh, maybe two or three for 15 on third down uh, attempts. So the Titans really made some, some strides there. And, 
as you pointed out, um, you know, th this was a, a two-way uh, or two two areas of improvement, I think, one helping the other. This is the first time in a long time that we saw a consistent pass rush for the Titans. Uh, you know, they had a total of seven sacks in seven games coming in today, three more today, nine quarterback hits. They were making move, uh, Nick Foles move around the, the pocket and tighter uh, secondary work uh, in general as well. Um, you know, I, I think we saw some of the uh, – some of the bigger cushions that we had seen earlier with, with Jonathan Joseph and so forth were, uh, were narrowed uh, today and, and just a, a better job in general. And, and, again, when you start to get that pass rush and, and Nick Foles has to get the ball out a little quicker, that's going to help the secondary immensely. So, you know, kudos to some of the guys like uh, Landry and, and Roberson, Jayon Brown, um, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, who I, I thought really did a good job of getting after the quarterback today. Yeah, Simmons is, is a freak, and, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch him as he progresses in the NFL because, I mean, the ball that he almost picked off today, I mean, I'm sure he's kicking himself for not catching that ball. But just the athleticism of a defensive tackle to turn around and dive and get his hands on that like he did, I mean, that's just – it's crazy to see that. So that's fun, and, you know, they've got – that going for him. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was a weird day. You didn't really know what to expect because, you know, we got the report midweek from NFL Network that Clowney, you know, has the knee. I mean, we knew he had a knee issue that he was dealing with, but, you know, he hadn't practiced, I think, Monday and Tuesday of the week before, and then was a full participant Friday, wasn't listening to the injury report, and then, or didn't have an injury designation. And then this week, you know, he didn't practice on Wednesday, no big deal. Didn't practice Thursday, and you're kind of like, well, I mean, that's, this is kind of following last week's pattern. But then you had that report on Wednesday, and then does practice Friday. Obviously, was inactive for the game today. Um, I mean, I don't know if you have any more information on what's going on there. It sounds like maybe they're just kind of waiting it out to see if he's going to need surgery. Hopefully, he doesn't, and he just misses, you know, the game today. And then, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to miss the game against the Colts with a quick turnaround with a Thursday night game. But, you know, it, it was just you didn't know what to expect with, with him not there, with Beasley gone. Um, but the new guys stepped up. They played well, got after the quarterback a little bit, like you said. And, you know, it's different with Nick Foles, um, you know, because the last or two weeks ago you had Ben Roethlisberger who had, you know, some insane like two and a half seconds on average from, you know, snap to, to release. Um, Joe Burrow didn't do that last week. But, you know, he was – even when he held the ball, I mean, he was pressured a few times, and he's able to move around more than Nick Foles. But you didn't really ever feel like, you know, he was under duress for, you know, any, like, extended amount of plays. And so today, even with, you know, the difference in those two, in those two guys, but, like, they were, they were pressuring Nick Foles. They were constantly making him move around something he's not, you know, very good at, doesn't want to do. So that's an encouraging sign, and it was a beat-up offensive line and all of that stuff. But... The Titans haven't been able to take advantage of those types of situations. You had the, the same situation against the Bengals last week, and they, they weren't able to do that. So it's an encouraging sign to see that. Um, you, you obviously see the need for Jonathan Joseph being released. The, the Vic Beasley thing is even a little bit more – I mean, you're surprised when a guy that's you know been paid $9.5 million or you know, has a $9.5 million guarantee, you're, you're going to be surprised to see him released in the middle of the season. But especially, I mean, they had to know 
at least somewhat what was going on with Clowney. And so when that report came out, it was even all the more surprising that they went ahead and moved on from him. But I'm guessing they just decided that, you know, his effort level or whatever it was was not good for the team in general. And, hey, we've got some young, hungry guys that can come up and, and can at least give more effort, and we hope we can see more from them. And it seemed to pay off for him today. Yeah, I, I think that's the only reasonable inference that you can draw from, from cutting Beasley. Um, as you say, knowing Clowney uh, was hurt and, and could miss the game and knowing they were thin at that uh, area, and, you know, obviously Kamale Correa long gone by now. Uh, so for them to say all that uh, understood, we're still getting rid of Vic Beasley, um, you know, really puts it in the light of, of Beasley being – um, you know, just a real drawback to the defense uh, as, as opposed to not just doing well. You know, I think he was hurting the, uh, uh, the Titans defense. I mean, we saw in the, in the Bengals game, the only stat line that he produced was two penalties. Um, outside of that, you know, there, there were no tackles, uh, you know, certainly no sacks. We know that. Um, so I, I, I think what, what I kind of like today is, yeah, everybody was out there. Everybody who was out there seemed to have that that adrenaline was pumping. Uh, that the energy level was was high. You know, some of these new guys, um, especially you know the younger ones playing for the first time. Uh, you know, there there was a lot of uh, of good positive energy out there, which which was impressive. And then you know, I I, I think we talked about uh, uh, you know getting after Nick Foles too. I, I think couple reasons to me that that factored into it were the Titans did such an excellent job against the run. Uh, the Bears just got nothing going in, in, in the running game all day, and that really kind of set the Titans up for, uh, you know, some predictable passing situations where they could get after Foles. And also, you know, a lot of times we, we talked about the third down problems, so but one of the reasons the Titans were having that third down problem was they were facing – so many third and shorts, you know, one or two or three or yards, and, and those are tough to uh, to stop teams. Today, it was more of an average of third and five or six or seven yards, um, and, and the Titans, I thought, did a better job, uh, you know, stopping the uh, the Bears. It was it was easier in that respect because you know you knew most often the time they were they were going to pass as well. So, um, big uh, big effort uh, today by the defense. Uh, I, I guess you know if we. If we uh, if we flip it, uh, you know, over to the uh, to the offensive side, it, it's a little unusual. We, we haven't sort of talked about it this way in really all year that I can think of. But you know, it was really more a case of the uh, the defense, uh, you know, carrying the offense along for the most part because uh, you know, outside of some flashes and a couple of good drives, not not really what we've come to expect from the from the Titans' offense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just before we move to the offense completely, the one thing I do want to say is you know, there was a lot of talk heading into this year with all the stuff with COVID and the uncertainty and all that stuff about teams that can adapt in these types of situations are going to be the ones that are, mo- are the most successful. And the Titans, for whatever issues they've had with defensive coordination and all, all that type of stuff, they have been very, very good in – taking situations where, you know, like heading into the Bills game where you don't get a whole lot of practice, you know, over the, the span of two weeks. They come out and, and they have a really good performance in that game. You, you acquire a guy, Desmond King, on Monday of this week, but he can't come in the building until he passes five days of COVID tests. 
So you, you don't have him on the practice field at all. He's in Zoom meetings, and, and he studied, and he taught, you mentioned it in your story about, you know, how much he studied the book, and he couldn't really do anything else. So, you know, he had time to, to really get immersed in the playbook. But to not have him in the building until Saturday, and then for him to come out and be successful, I mean, you know, he scoops up a, a fumble and, and runs it in for a touchdown. You talk about the energy. He seemed to bring a lot of energy. I mean, just looking at him in pregame and all that stuff, I mean, he, he seemed to be a guy that, w- that was really excited to be here, whatever went down in, in w- with the Chargers. You know, he seemed like a guy that was excited about a fresh start to be with this team, and they were able to get him in there and adapt him to this defense. And so that was just that's an encouraging sign for what this team's going to be able to do going forward. But, yeah, like you said, with the offense, I mean, it, it wasn't great. And we, we should have – I mean, this is kind of what you expect against the Bears' defense. This Bears' defense is not as good as some of the ones in the past have been, but they're still very good, um, still good at getting after the passer and all that kind of stuff. The offense was able to do enough, and you know it helps when the defense is not giving up points every drive. You don't have to – you don't have to try to match their team, and, and that certainly helps. But, you know, they, the run game was kind of hit and miss in, in the first half, and then you didn't need it as much in the second half. Once you kind of got up, it, it's just kind of the run-out-the-clock run situation. It was good. I thought that they didn't have to keep pounding Derrick Henry. You got kind of later in that game. You could get the other guys in there and not have to, you know, put those carries on Henry. And like you said, I mean, there, there were a couple of good drives. A.J. Brown is just a freak. And, I mean, you, you, you've been here um, – for the whole run of this team and know the the struggles that this team has had with finding wide receivers. Um, I mean, it, it has been, it's, it's what, you know, edge pass rusher is now. That's what receiver was for what, 15 years <laughs> that, longer sure. than that. They couldn't find a guy and they would draft guys that had promise and things would happen and go wrong. And you see flashes, but then something would go wrong. They bring in a free agent and, you know, it just, it, it they never could get a guy that could come in and really make an impact. And A.J. Brown, I mean, he is just – he's what they need because you see the ability to go down the field, you know, the, on the touchdown catch, um, just the ridiculous throw by Tannehill, you know, A.J. Brown catching the, the ball with a guy draped all over him, another guy coming over, and then the effort after that to, to get into the end zone. You see multiple times where you just you get him the ball and he breaks a tackle and turns what could have been a six- or seven-yard gain into a 20-, 30-whatever-yard gain. And so having a guy like that on the outside is so important for this team because that we all know they want to run through Derrick Henry. That's how the offense is, is, has been structured. But when you've got a guy like that that can make make those types of plays on the outside and turn things that are you know smaller gains into big gains, it just it, it frees you up to do so many other things. And so I mean it, it's just it, it's amazing that with all the what with all the 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 issues with wide receiver. And then, you know, they drafted A.J. Brown, and I think people were excited about that pick when it was made in the second round, and there was a lot of talk about, you know, people thought he was going to be a first-rounder and all that stuff, so you thought you thought they got good value there. But for what he's turned into in the second season, I mean, it's definitely something that we haven't seen here with being able to, to bring a guy in and develop him into being that receiver. And, and so that piece of it has been fun, and that is just such a, a big thing to help when the run game is not really able to get going like you want it to. Yeah, uh, very good points about A.J. You know, two of the things that, that kind of stand out to me right away are, you know, and, and we've touched on, on that yards after catch, the ability to get up there. But to me, it's the, the transition time that he has from catching the ball to getting in that yards after catch to getting in that mode of, all right, now what I'm going to do with it. You know, I think most times you see a receiver 
catch the ball and and you know there's a little bit of a delay there they have to make sure the ball is in there they're they're making they're bracing for a hit and only after that can they even start to think about getting upfield AJ Brown seems to do that just a little bit quicker uh, than, than most receivers in the league. You know, I think one thing he's got in his favor is that he's such a big guy out there. Uh, he doesn't have to worry so much anyway about, about taking uh, big hits when he comes across the middle of the field. And, and I think that confidence shows itself again in how quickly he transitions from catch to moving up fields. So I, I think that's a, a big uh, asset of his. And then, you know, you don't think of him as a, uh, certainly as a speed guy, um, but certainly he has the ability to uh, to get downfield and, and get behind receivers, uh, or excuse me, get behind defensive backs, you know, and, and we saw that uh, today early on. Uh, boy, the, the Bears cornerbacks were, were very aggressive, jumping routes, and almost, a, uh, you know, a couple of interceptions early because they were so aggressive. And the Titans, uh, I think, said, look, we're going to have to uh, at least, you know, take some long shots, back these guys off a little bit. Um, and uh, A.J. Brown had the one, the 40-yard touchdown catch. And he also had, like previous to that, he also had another one that was kind of interesting because it looked like he had a half step on the defender and Tyna Hill threw a, a, a pretty good ball, but it almost looked like, like A.J. Brown hesitated for just a split second and the pass ended up getting overthrown. But uh, anyway, the, the point is that even though he is not, you know, he's not a 4-4 guy or, or certainly anything like that, he does have the ability to be a, a deep guy, and I think that's important, uh, you know, again, because the Titans don't necessarily have that guy who takes the top off defenses regularly, but if A.J. Brown can do it successfully from time to time, that's going to keep the, uh, the secondary backed up just a little bit. Yeah, and you mentioned that in your story, you know, the quote from him about, you know, seeing they were jumping routes and, and talking about the need to you just take some shots deep and that kind of stuff. And so you just, you just see his dedication to the game and studying the game and understanding that kind of stuff in game. And, and that that's important to have, too. And, again, we've seen some guys, I don't think, that thought that deeply about things, you know, as they happen during the game. So that, that, that piece has been good. And then on a day where, you know, Corey Davis struggled, he had a couple drops. Um, you know, one that was kind of a, a tough play where the, the defender got his hand in there. But, um, you know, Corey Davis was really good last week, not as good today. Um, you know, and, and him being a top-five pick, and, and we've, we've talked about that a, a lot. But to, to be able to have something on the other side that kind of takes that pressure off when a guy is not having, you know, the type of day that you'd want him to have, it's just there have been so many years where the Titans have had maybe one guy on the outside that could catch the ball. And, you know, if things weren't going right for him or he was covered or whatever, then they, they had nothing in the passing game. And now you, you've got kind of that those, those dual options out there. Um, and then, you know, Jonu Smith, uh, who's been, you know, kind of absent for a couple of weeks, um, had a couple of big catches, including a, another touchdown today. So it's just, you know, you see them being able to do multiple things on offense. And we know that, you know, there are going to be games where Derrick Henry can't get going because teams are going to sell out for him or it's a, it's a good run defense or whatever. And so to be able to have those multiple options in the passing game really helps. And you got a guy like Anthony Ferkser who just continues to make plays when the ball's thrown to him. Um, th- those type of role players are really important. And it's just a depth that we haven't seen with this team very many times. And even on a day where they don't have Adam Humphreys and that kind of stuff, it, it's, it's good to see them be able to do that. The one piece. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say it was a little surprising today. Um, you know, probably a, a handful of passes 
that that should have been caught, uh, you know, by two or three different receivers, you know, did not get caught today, and and that was a little bit of a surprise because we haven't seen that uh, too often uh, this year. But um, yeah, overall strong. I think that you know AJ Brown went over a hundred yards today. So I think he's been over 100 yards twice this season. I know Corey Davis has been over 100 yards twice. I'm pretty certain that Ferkser has been over at least once. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're seeing a lot of threats um, right now in the passing game. You know, I, I my only uh, the only thing I wonder about the offense a little bit, you know, we, we've seen it slowed a little bit in the last three weeks. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's, uh, it's probably not a coincidence um, – that uh, Taylor Lewan has been out of that uh, that lineup, so I, I wonder how much of a role that plays in in terms of the pass protection and in terms of giving Tannehill that that extra split second or for opening that that running lane for for Derrick Henry just a a little bit more. Um, so that's something I think we have to keep an eye on uh, regarding the offense because obviously today uh, we saw Roger Saffold go down. The, the left guard has really really been playing well. And all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at a, a left side of the line that was Luan and, and Saffold, and as all of a sudden Sambrello and uh, and Jamil Douglas. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's hard to say how long uh, Saffold is going to be out for. Uh, uh, surprisingly, Mike Vrabel was not uh, uh, very detailed in his answer uh, <laughs> on that uh, on that question. Uh, shock of shocks. Uh, um, but uh, you know, it looked to me, and um, you know, I'm certainly no medical expert. It looked to me like it was a stinger kind of thing to the shoulder, which, uh, you know, it seems in the past usually doesn't keep at players out long term. Now, I mean, Saffold didn't return to the game tonight, but, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't think, you know, if it is a stinger sort of injury, generally those don't last too long. But, but um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see if he's uh, able to make a quick turnaround and, and get ready for the Colts on Thursday. Yeah, that, that's exactly where I was going next because th- that is the the biggest concern that you have going forward is what what is the what does the left side of the line look like, especially if Saffold's out. Um, yeah, Jamil Douglas. I mean, uh, you know, he, he he struggled when he's when he, he was he struggled a little bit today. He struggled last year when he was the right guard before Nate Davis was ready. Um, so you you certainly do have a concern for that. Yeah, one of my favorite pieces of listening to the Mike Verbal press conferences every day is you know which 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 one of y'all gets the <laughs> draws the straw of asking about the injured player <laughs> and how Verbal's going to respond to that because it's always it's always very entertaining. Um, because yeah, you know he's going to give as little detail as as possible, um, and you know, and like you said, I mean, to, to get the the piece last week on Adori that they don't think it's season ending. I mean, that you know, you're you're kind of surprised when he offers even something up like that, um, right? Because of how you know just how much he it seems to just you know bother him to have to talk about injuries and that kind of stuff and you, you understand you understand a piece of that um you know the the competitive piece and that kind of stuff and then sometimes it's like dude you could like give us a little something just so we can right. have kind of an idea of how things are sure. going but yeah i mean that, that's gonna be the thing to watch is what what does it look like with uh if if thursday night they have to have sombrello and jim bill douglas on the left side what does that look like against a, a colts defensive front that's pretty good yeah, exactly, and and again, I don't, you know, it's probably not a coincidence today that that we saw the running game, uh, you know, struggle a little bit, and you know, I think this is a Chicago defense that was good, but not, you know, an '85 Bears kind of Chicago defense, 
Um, but they really couldn't get much of the, the running game going today, aside from that one uh, 26-yard run by, by Derrick Henry. Um, and, yeah, and then I think Indianapolis, very tough uh, defensive lines to run against, so that's going to be a big challenge too. But uh, it is yeah, it's, uh, kind of comical on the uh, on the Mike Frable injury front. I, I get a kick out of it too. We, uh, thankfully, uh, uh, Teresa Walker uh, apparently drew the short straw uh, <laughs> today after the game, and she uh, she stepped up to the plate and, and uh, said, uh, Mike, you know, uh, uh, Roger went out and then didn't come back. Uh, uh, do you have an update for us on that? Uh, and it was a uh, a one-word answer, uh, no. And then th- about uh, three seconds of uncomfortable silence, and then we move on to the uh, on to the next question after that. But it's funny that that he uh, every so often he'll he'll you know drop a little bit of information, like you know yeah, like Dory's not out for the season, or you know we think so and so will be ready for practice this week, and maybe we'll see him in the game. So he gives you just a, a, enough nuggets so that you feel like you need to ask anyway, because maybe this is the day he's he's kind of feeling generous. Um, but most of the time, it's not. Uh, it's not the case. So it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's kind of kind of humorous, but you gotta gotta keep tossing him out there. Uh, anyway, you never never know when he's gonna uh, give you uh, give you a little treat. Yeah, the, the one word no, and then the silence, and then you know Robbie Boren calling on the next person. That's just the with the Zoom and all that stuff. I mean, it, that's just been like I'll be listening in my office, you know, during the week, and I just I, I laugh out loud every time because it's just it's so funny. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, I mean, so listen. At the end of the day, today, um, you know, the Colts will lose to the Ravens. Um, so now, you know, the Titans are back in the the driver's seat for the AFC South. I mean, you know, the, the same record as the Colts coming into the day. Um, and then if you look at the AFC record, I, I think the Colts were technically ahead. But the Titans have now, you know, two of the next three are against the Colts. So you know, it, everybody talks about. The, we got to start with winning the division. That, that's where you know that, that that's where all these teams. That's the first thing that they want to do before you start talking about home field advantage, or playoff games, or, or whatever else. So the Titans now find themselves in a position where they they control their own destiny on that front. Um, especially like I said, with the, with, with these two out of the next three coming up against the Colts, and so it, it's um for all the struggles that we've talked about throughout all the weeks with the different things on defense and injuries and that kind of stuff. You're sitting here now through eight games at six and two, which is a very different position that they've been in the last couple of years where you still feel like they had good teams, um, but they were trying. It was a lot of scoreboard watching and that kind of stuff at the the back end of the season to see if you were even going to get in. And so now they find themselves in the driver's seat. It's, It's a different position for them. But I, I just I feel like this is where this team kind of thought they would be. You might have thought you know a different path t- to get here, um, but you know six and two is, is six and two. Like you know Bill Parcells said, you know your 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 record is what you are, um, and so with with all, everything that's gone on, they're still in the position that they wanted to be in. And I don't know, you, you have to feel pretty good. And there are certainly still questions, and we need to see more from this defense. They need to get healthy. They need Clowney out there. They need a Dory out there. I mean, all that stuff is certainly true. But, you know, privately, they have to be pretty pleased at 6-2 and two with all the struggles they've had. I mean, just think about, you know, Beasley not panning out, Clowney being hurt, Isaiah Wilson not 
factoring in at all. Christian Fulton not factoring in at all. Darrington Evans not factoring in at all. I mean, guys that you thought would be people that at this point in the season would be making a significant impact on this team. And they've they've been able to do enough and have other guys step up enough that they're still in a good position. And if you can get a couple of those pieces back down the stretch, then this could be a team you know that could make some noise once you get into December and January. I think so. Yeah, and and you know I think what they've done well uh, this year is is you know the old uh, trademark phrase of finding a way. Uh, and I think the Titans have have done an excellent job of doing that. You know, you look at the wins. Um, there's only been one win that's been, that's come from more than, uh, uh, that's, what am I trying to say here? That's been more than, uh, than a one score game, uh, in their wins. You know, it's not as if they're out there dominating teams, um, by any stretch, but yeah, you, you look at, uh, you know, the, the Buffalo game, of course, is the perfect example. I mean, you know, this is a team that was, uh, really unable to practice for the better part of two weeks. Um, you know, unable to be in the facility together for, for near two weeks, and they, they come out, and, and uh, not only do they win that Buffalo game, but they turn around just, uh, you know, four or five days later uh, and uh, and win a, a divisional game against Houston as well. So, you know, whether it's the, the offense scoring 30 or 40 points a game or today, you know, we saw a, a defense kind of carry, carry things a bit. We've also seen, you know, occasionally it's a special teams. Uh, you know, Stephen Goskowski, the, the Minnesota game, for instance, when he kicked, uh, you know, what was it, five or six field goals, and in, including the game winner. You know, he, he kind of helped carry the uh, the team a bit there, too. So um, they're, they're finding ways to win where other teams are finding ways to lose. Um, and now we've got, the, uh, we've got the big stretch here. I think, you know, two of the next three weeks uh, against the Colts will we'll go a long way uh, towards uh, finding out who wins this division. And even a bigger picture than that, five straight games against the AFC now. Now that after the uh, after the Chicago game is done, an NFC game, we got five in a row against the AFC. Another another big one. You know, there's, there's Baltimore, uh, Cleveland is certainly a team that's still in the playoff picture too. So this is when it really gets into the thick of it for the uh, for the Titans, and we'll see. Uh, you know, it, do those injuries start to, to creep up and, and hurt them a little bit more? Um, you know, especially the, the Saffold and, and, you know, when's the Dory coming back and, and, uh, you know, is the Devian Clowney done or not? Um, but, uh, so far they, uh, one way or another, they're, they're finding ways to win. Yeah. And good point there that we should touch on special teams today was so much better than it's been because, I mean, that's been a thing that we've probably not talked about as much as we should have because the defense has been so bad. There's been there's been so much to comment on there. But, you know, they were giving up returns, weren't getting anything out of the return game, um, you know, missing field goals and all that stuff. And today, you know, Cleef Raymond did a good job returning punts, um, had, a, had a pretty big one that ended up getting called back on a penalty. But, you know, other than that, was able to, you know, catch the ball and, and, and get some yardage, um, which has been something that, that they hadn't really had the last few weeks. Didn't give up any, any big plays in coverage. Um, I, I guess the, there, was, there was one punt return that, you know, got – but, hey, listen, I mean, you bring in a new punter and Brett Kern, who has been, you know, the, the mainstay of this team uh, for so long, and, you know, they, they didn't seem to miss a beat as far as that was concerned. And I think it helps that you bring in a guy that had held for Steven Goskowski – 
previously. I mean, I think that was a big reason, you know, and I don't know how the punter tryouts went, but I would have to think that, you know, with all things being equal, you sign that guy because the, of the familiarity there, just, you know, that, that they did it together in New England. So, I mean, it, it, that kind of stuff, it, it came together today, and so hopefully they can build on that. And like you said, I mean, so much of, of this league is finding a way to win. And you're not, you're not going to have your best effort every week, but if you can find ways to win when you're not at your best, then you, you get a, a really good performance here and there. And then when you have a stinker, uh, you, you drop a game. It's not as big of a deal because you had two or three that you were able to find ways to win in. So, I mean, I, to me, that's the, the, the makeup of a good team. But like you said, we're really going to learn a lot about this team in the next few weeks when you've got the Colts and the Browns and the Ravens. I mean, those are all good teams, all teams that are, are, are going to be there. Um, most likely when they get to when they get to January, what do they do in this stretch? I think will tell you a lot, and it's going to be helpful. I mean, you, you hope they can win against the Colts on Thursday, but like you said, with injuries and that kind of stuff, it's going to be helpful to have that kind of mini buy after this Colts game because you know it's been a weird season for the team with the the, the Tuesday night game and the bye week pushed up and all that kind of stuff. But if you can, if if they can get a little bit healthier after that for that closing stretch of the season I think that piece if you can get through this Thursday night game relatively healthy if you can get a win I think that that comes at a pretty good time for them yeah absolutely and and I think another uh, point about this week's game too is that uh, after this week's game which again is at home at at Nissan uh, Titans start seeing a whole lot more of the road than they have so far this season Um, you know they will finish with five of their last seven games on the road, including trips to Baltimore, Indy, and Green Bay, and then Houston, too, which has been a difficult place for them to to win over the years. So uh, another reason why this game becomes especially big on Thursday, you want to kind of finish up that home-heavy portion of the schedule uh, with as many wins as possible, you know, and, and if you go in seven and two into those last seven games you're you're feeling pretty good about uh, yourself but um uh yeah you, you did mention special teams yeah i i think it was uh you know i i think there was a lot of potential for uh trouble uh today certainly you know a new snapper a new holder a new punter um when you'd been having issues already but boy i, I thought for the most part things went uh, went very smoothly goskowski hits his only uh, attempt and and boy ryan allen um, you know, was, was booming punts. I think he averaged about 50 yards of a punt there. Um, so he really stepped in for, uh, for Brett Kern, uh, you know, quite well. So, uh, I think the, uh, the Titans, um, really are, are fortunate in that, uh, in that situation. Yeah. And when we looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year, and again, you know, going, trying to predict wins and losses on an NFL schedule, when you get it in April or whenever it comes out. And even like right before the season starts, it's, it's kind of a fool's errand because we, you don't know what teams are going to be like um, from week to week or even just, you know, for, for the majority of the year when the season starts. But one of the things that everybody said is they're not going to be able to have the slow start and then close like they have in previous years. Because when you looked at the, the back end of the schedule, like you said, five of seven on the road and, and against good teams, it's not like, you know, you're getting teams that aren't going to be in contention there. Um, 
you, you, you wanted to have a little bit of a cushion so that if you falter a little bit, um, it, it's not going to kill you. And that's what they've been able to do. And like you said, if you can get a win Thursday, then you have to feel really, really good about, about where you stack up for, for the remainder of the season. So, listen, it's, it's been ugly at times. Um, there, there's certainly been a lot of stuff that, that hasn't gone their way. But I, I think they're feeling pretty good about where they are. And if you can get a few guys back and that kind of stuff, like I said, I think it sets up well for a stretch run here. Anything else from today's game we need to touch on? I think that should wrap it up. Got to go with, uh, get started uh, preparing for the Thursday game already. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see a quick turnaround this week. Um, you know, they'll have a practice in quotation marks tomorrow. It's generally a you know kind of projection of what it would have been like when we see an injury report tomorrow. It's kind of a, of a projection of it, if they would have held a practice. That's generally what teams do heading into a Thursday game. So we'll obviously keep an eye on that. Um, like like we said, Saffold is going to be really the one to watch. I mean, I think we can assume that Clowney's not going to be there Thursday. We'll we'll be watching Saffold and Adoree. What they do with him this week will be really the two things to keep an eye on. Can they get Adam Humphreys back? I mean, th- those types of things as well. So. We'll be keep, keeping track of all that for you. Like I said, broadwaysportsmedia.com. We'll have all the news with that kind of stuff and then all the analysis breaking down this game and looking forward to the Colts. Um, we'll have the podcasts here of the Titans and 10 uh, talking through the week as, as we head into the game on Thursday. So, like I said, broadwaysportsmedia.com. Check that out. Home run throwback. Subscribe to that wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and we'll be, like I said, we'll be cranking everything out this week. So, For John Glennon, this is Jimmy Morris saying thanks so much for listening to Home Run Throwback, and we will talk to you again next week. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.